0: This episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast is brought to you by Soapbox, the new home of censorship-free media. Find out more at SoapboxNews.com.
1: Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And guys, today I am bringing us a treat. Uh, today's guest is a gentleman who's a multiple business owner, a public speaker, and uh, a man after my own heart because he uh, spends a lot of his time generating more revenue for his clients. Please welcome to the show, Ryan the Lion Vo. What's up, man? Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. I hope the- I can
2: uh, pour into others and bring as much value as possible to y'all.
1: Awesome man! Thank you for coming on the show. First off, I love your sign behind you. You got a you got a cool little podcast studio going on there now, huh?
2: Yeah, man. Um, I actually just put this together, and it's like it's multi-purpose in the sense of podcasting and and music, and so it's it's uh, it's been a cool process. I'm actually in the same office with Chris Whitehead, so oh know, no, kidding! I chop it up, oh yeah. He's I didn't right behind me. <laughs> I didn't know
1: you were in the same building as uh, Mr. Saggy Bollocks. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. but, uh, so, yeah. But uh, so a shout out to Kristen. Yeah, I didn't know you were in the same building that uh, that uh, that's probably not a bad uh, a bad spot to be in for for a guy like yourself. Um so for the listeners that don't know who you are, give me a quick rundown on uh, on Ryan the Lion and and who you are and what you do, pal.
2: Awesome. Yeah, so uh serial entrepreneur basically got to where i am today by never quitting on myself and really it's all you know the the mindset of being an entrepreneur it wasn't something that i thought of later on it was something that was always there you know yeah, that, you like always mm-hmm. like dude there's something different about me <laughs> and so at an early age i knew that that's why I like school and Uh, Tell me tell me about tell me about that then. What were you like as a kid? Oh man, I was an asshole. (laughs) I mean, typical teenager, um, I guess in the sense of you know, getting into trouble. Not really like I didn't go to school and that's where a lot of us I just left
1: after I got there. (laughs) I I used to do that, but at work, not at school. I used to have a job where they they, they didn't supervise us. So we go and clock in and then immediately need to go on a parts run to buy parts for for things. But we we never did. It was always a breakfast run. Um, uh, Yeah, sorry to everybody there at CC Creations. Um, So, anyway, tell me. Tell me what it was like in the beginning for you. Were you an entrepreneurial teenager? Because a lot of us coming out, we started, um, I certainly started by selling newspapers and then washing dishes in restaurants and stuff like that, always trying to make a little bit of money. Were you you an entrepreneurial kind of kid?
2: Yeah. um, My first business was that I would make paper airplanes and I would stand outside and uh to cars that were coming into my neighborhood I would try to sell them paper airplanes and that's that's the earliest I can remember in that sense but I know that you know I was always thinking it was always one of those things where you know you see something especially at like a job or mm-hmm. whatever you see the way people are doing things you're like oh I can do that or oh I can make this better or oh I can own a business like this so it's always been there and um i think that the main driver for me was without me even knowing it was that freedom to be able to live my life how i want and not be kind of suppressed by you know the schools the 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 jobs and just kind of being a free spirit in a sense
1: mm-hmm. so what was the start of your entrepreneur journey like what was your first real business because like you know um you remind me a lot of uh, the things I did and the things my kids did as well. They they sold paper airplanes and stuff like that to other kids. Uh, I would flip little matchbox cars at primary school, you know, but like real business. What what'd you do when they let you out of high school and, and you had to go get a job?
2: Well, while I was in high school, I quit high school and, um, you know, I won't go into all the stupid shit that I did. But one of the things like my first business, I guess that was real, I used to sell. Uh, speakers out of the back of my truck. So Mm
3: -hmm.
2: I would go around and I had people. I eventually I started out working for somebody and then again, oh, I think I can do this. So I reached out to the company. They connected me with what I needed Mm -hmm. and I started out by myself. Eventually, I had five vehicles going around selling speakers out of the back of their truck. Um, It wasn't an integrity, which now like I would, you know, I'm not interested in doing business like that but I learned a lot and um, so after that, while that was happening, I started a vitamin store at the mall of New Hampshire.
1: So, 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 so hold up. You've got (laughs) a, you got a a business selling speakers in vans and now you start, now you're starting a, a, a vitamin shop. Tell me about the lesson that, the lessons that you learned and that you took from the business selling speakers in vans. What went wrong to make you stop selling speakers in vans?
2: Well, it always it was it was decent money, but it always it, it doesn't sit right with you because you're basically going around and saying like, "Hey, I got uh, extra. I went and picked up my load for, you know, speakers, and I got you know two extra. The boss doesn't know about it. You want to buy them before I have to go back to the shop." So, were were you, know, you
1: selling like stolen speakers?
2: They weren't stolen. It was an actual manufacturer. And their whole business model was this. So they created the speakers for what we were doing, which was going out and selling them in the streets.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: And I remember there was a couple of times, one time a buddy of mine, these people stole their vehicle with all their stuff, beat the Evan Loving crap out of them, almost killed them. And it was like on the news, this whole crazy thing. And this one time when I had approached a guy, I had said, hey, man, uh, you know, and he kind of knew what I was doing. He must have got ripped off or something because he pulled a bat right out of his vehicle and started coming at me. Oh, damn. I hopped right back into my truck and dipped out as fast as I could. So it was a sketchy business. It was shady. It wasn't within integrity.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: I guess I learned what not to do, but I also learned managing people um, because I had other teams. Right, right. And that was I don't know how maybe 18 years old, at that point, um. So you know it was it was it was interesting to say the least.
1: <laughs> I bet, but yeah, yeah. It, it, that's strikingly similar. I used to go to the, I used to go to the wholesaler in Bradford and buy electronics, car radios, and uh, MP3 players and flip those and sell them. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I. I'd sell them out of my out of my backpack, not out of the trunk of my car, but <laughs> same yeah. thing, same yeah. thing. So, you you got into supplements after that. How did that go? That was a just a, a brick and mortar supplement store then or
2: so my grandmother, her name's Dina. She's mm-hmm. probably where I got most of my wanting to become a business owner from because she always was. And she actually came up with her own line of vitamins and supplements and um she had, you know, different different things that she was doing and she did really well. Mm-hmm. in her space. So um I was like, "Hey, can I use this, open up a kiosk at the mall?" You know, like this the the kiosk in you know, you're walking down and there's those central
1: Yeah, 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 like like the ones that, you're always that, scared to walk past cuz yeah. the guy grabs you and then yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> that guy. So, uh so that was me but with vitamins. And we did not do well there at all. Um, we had to close after about a year of doing that. And so, yeah, I mean, that was definitely. I definitely learned a lot there. Um, what
1: you know, do you think the I- What do you think the biggest obstacle there that that led to you closing was? Because like, I. I- I'm looking for lessons in this podcast. And I'm looking for lessons for people that are listening. And, you know, when I was a younger man, I often thought, why don't I go and rent a booth in a mall? Because I would have envisioned that, you know, and I still do, if I had some vitamins to sell that maybe putting in in the mall and standing next to them and saying, would you like to buy my vitamins? That might be a good business plan. Like, educate us as to, like, maybe what went wrong there.
2: Well, I can say that looking back, vitamins and and supplements weren't as, you know, they, they weren't as they are now. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: So, um, I'm not sure if that played a part, but I I can tell you that me not understanding business and marketing, um, you know, you've got, you've got, I don't know how many people coming in a day. Uh, but the problem with that is these aren't people that are looking for what you're selling. So, Mm -hmm. It, it's not your perfect future customer that's walking by you. So you have to actually like drag somebody in, grab them by the throat somehow, right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: right? And say, hey, here's what we got. Back then, people weren't really, vitamins weren't like they are now. Mm-hmm. And I think we can all agree on that. So it was something where people were kind of like, I don't know, you know. So there was that, not to use that as an excuse, but I'm 18 years old. I have no idea what I'm doing. And I think it was a culmination of all those things, you know, kind of going against me. I believed in it because I had been brought up that way. Right. None of right. my friends that I knew took supplements or vitamins or or whatever. I didn't know anybody who was doing it. I know that there was people out there doing it. I mean, GNC existed. All these right. Vitamin world. You know, so there was there was um, you know, there was people buying the stuff Mm -hmm. i just think that a kiosk at the mall with a random vitamin (laughs) has to be has to be marketed a certain way
1: yeah but again it's a good learning experience for you it probably uh it it probably taught you quite a lot about in-person communication huh
2: well i can tell you this man it put me into a a depression because while i was trying to build that business up I lost my other business because the guys I was working for went and worked for went left my company and went and worked for another guy on the Seacoast. Mm-hmm. So so basically I lost both businesses. And, and um, so at that time, you know, and, and this has happened. This has happened multiple times, like every time you fail, especially when you're young and you don't understand, like we all talk about now, like, you know, OK, failing is learning right? But right when you're a kid you don't and you don't know anybody who owns a business you don't know shit you, 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 you don't have the ability to say well you know what if I keep going I'll hit it right because you don't have those resources as a kid there wasn't the internet as far.
1: yeah. there I wasn't mean, the, the, the the worst thing that could happen now to an entrepreneur is is like it's also the best thing because if if you're in a worst case scenario where you have to go and get a job it's quicker for you to go and find more clients than it is to actually write a resume like you, you know that's that's where you get to as an entrepreneur and i think a lot of people quit too early i think they say you know what i'm going to go write that resume and and in reality if they put as much effort into crafting a resume as they put into fixing the shit that was going wrong in their company um they'd still be entrepreneurs and they they'd still be successful
0: well,
2: that's, that's the thing, is you get that close, mm-hmm. and th- there's that. You've probably seen it's like a picture of a guy mining. Yep, yeah. And and he's he's like this close to a, a room full of diamonds, and he's walking mm-hmm. away.
1: And, you know, I treat it like a video game, though. Like, you get to the boss, and you, you lose, and, well, you learned how to beat the boss, and you go try again, and, and, and every time you win, you get a new weapon, or you get an upgrade, and you can beat that boss every time now. That's it,
2: I think the problem, or not the problem, but I think one of the hardest things coming up as an entrepreneur, like I was saying is not having the resources to to know that. Mm-hmm. so you're by yourself, you're by yourself by yourself because you can't look something up, you know so so you know in, in, on one hand, you've got a kid who's being shattered at every and everybody yeah. around him is telling him. Hey, what are you doing? Go get a job. You got to mm-hmm. go to college. This is the way to do things here. See, see what happens yeah. when you try to blah 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 blah. And I'm like, you know, you start to believe this shit. Well, yeah, like, because yeah, because like, it's it's
1: it's the only people that you are around got to their version of success by going to college, getting a job, playing very safe, and and, and that's it. They got a, a mortgage, a couple of cars, and and two or three hundred bucks left over at the end of the month. Like, and that's a very safe way to live, but that's not for it's not for you. You know, it's not for me. I think I'd die of boredom living like that.
2: Oh, <laughs> dude. Yeah, one thousand percent, man. I agree. And so really at the end of the day, I I'm very proud of the fact that I never gave up on myself. There was moments where I, I did give up. But then I would always come back mm-hmm. because I I did go out and get the job and, and give up. But then as you're doing it, right, you start building yourself back up and you're like, Ooh, I can yeah. see, you know, oh, I see this and ooh, I think I could do this and you start getting that confidence back mm-hmm. and then you just rise to this moment of, you know, hey, here I am, this is my idea, I'm gonna give it one more shot.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and
2: yep. that is where the fucking magic happens, dude.
1: <laughs> it it really is, and it's where the lessons are extracted. You know, um, I I can remember I wasn't making a, a a great deal of money in my contracting business in oh two thousand and three. I wasn't doing very well, and I decided to to get a job for a little bit of stability to help pay the rent. It was the last job I ever had. Um, you know, everything else has been contract and my own companies since then. And, and it was just the feeling of standing at work, counting, you know, and dividing up how many pennies I was making per second for standing there and not liking it. And knowing that if I, if I utilized myself or went all in on myself and did what I knew how to do, that, that I'd be in a better spot. And so that's the last time I ever had a job. And it's it's gone great, and it's gone terrible, and yet every time you get the lesson of right, here's what I got to do next time to make sure I don't fuck that bit of it up, you know. And uh, it looks as though you've you've had quite a few experiences, both on the plus side and on the negative side. So why don't you tell us now about like a a, a time you hit it out of the park? Because uh, I I'm cruising your social media profiles, trying not to not trying not to name drop companies, but I see you've done some great things. So you know, no, tell, thanks, tell us about one of your favorite uh, successes as an entrepreneur.
2: Yeah, so my first successful business, I, I would call it, happened in 2015.
1: So how many years yeah. of trying was that? Just to put this into perspective for the audience.
2: Well, I mean. I started making paper airplanes when I was, you know. But I I would say, what what do you mean from the time I started doing businesses?
0: Yeah,
1: So you so you're eighteen. You're doing your speakers, and now it's 2015, I mean, and you've got a you've got a finally what you're terming as a, a good success.
2: I was 28. So ten years. Twenty. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I just wanted to confirm the um, for the, for the audience listening. Just yeah. the amount of hard work it takes to get to where you are at a settled level that you perceive as successful, and you know, ten years seems to be about it, mate. Seems to be about average. And right. you
2: know, I'll tell you the the purpose of I'm sure your show and the purpose of of me is to help people not have to go ten years and make the it's, same mistakes. Compress that right?
1: time and and give those lessons. And dude, if we can get you done in five, that'd be great. But, like, the one thing is to look at guys like you and know it took you 10 years. And, like, it's for other people to realize that if, if you've been doing it for two years and you haven't cracked it yet, don't worry. Like, don't panic. Just keep working at it. Keep going. Keep taking lessons. Keep trying to learn shit and compress that time. And that's, like, why guys like me and Ryan are out here putting out these podcasts. It's to save you the mistakes that we made.
2: Yeah. A thousand percent. I mean, I'm now 36. So in two more years, you're talking 20 years. Mm -hmm. And so, and I'm still not where I want to be. And I don't think anybody gets there maybe, Mm -mm. right? Because I'm always looking for the next thing. But, you know, the when in 2015, I started a cleaning company. I Mm -hmm. walked into my wife or my now wife's work. She was a bartender. And I said to her, I said, hey, I said, I got an idea. (laughs) And she goes, what is it? And I said, "Let's start a cleaning company." And she goes, "Okay." And that's how she always is, which is great. So her and I started the cleaning company together.
1: Mm-hmm. And now, did did you did you come up with the name and the the, the logo and everything or?
2: Yeah, I built all of that. Originally, it was a different name. Uh-huh. But When I went to go get it uh, trademarked, I found that that was already trademarked. So.
1: So t- tell me about yeah. Tell me about the creation of uh, Unistar Cleaning and and how that worked. And yeah, were you scared or were you just like, fuck it, let's go?
2: Yeah, I don't get scared with shit like that. Like it's more of like, it's more of like, uh, um, live or die for mm-hmm. me. It's like either I'm gonna live or I'm gonna die, and I'm not fucking dying, dude. Right. So so it, it's it was just like this is what we're doing. I had the passion, I had everything I needed to get it done. And we struggled for a while. Um, but eventually I automated the entire thing and now I don't work in that company and it just prints money for me. Mm-hmm. So that took a long time. You know, it took maybe five years or something like that.
1: Yeah, I totally and, checked out your funnel. I, I love it i, lo- I love what oh, you've put thanks, in there man. no for, for real I, I love what you've done and how you've built it it's great and and that's the ultimate goal is, is to build out the processes and the systems to, to automate the, the the thing so do that it's yeah it's a great funnel man i love it
2: thanks bro i appreciate that so i ended up i started co- that's where i first started coaching was cleaning business owners and then i went to home service people and then now it's kind of a a plethora you know chris and i are doing our thing with the iconic and Mm -hmm. um so you know over time it kind of it kind of snowballs but uh, obviously just like why i'm on this podcast if, if something that i say or you say helps one person out there it's that's our job man
1: yeah that's the point you know and um one of the i've i've very recently started to go back down a path that, that you're on as far as building out like internet assets for people um you know my background i owned a a multi-million dollar supplement company and uh in 2017 uh shut it down from from some alcohol related mistakes i've made and then um i had a talk with my brother and he said look you're really good at one thing go back to marketing and here we are and so You're very much in the same vein as I am. Tell the audience what it is when you go into a cleaning company or when you go into a service-based company, what it is that they could be doing better and the most common mistakes that you see.
2: Oh, geez. Yeah, the biggest (laughs) thing. I would say that I'll make this quick, but I could sit here for a long time. Uh, Service-based businesses, especially ones that are easy to start yourselves, it's, it's uh, you know, you've got so many people trying to do the same thing. How can I be different? But I would say the biggest issues that I see are people not willing to get out of their own way, meaning not willing to delegate. They don't know how to hire properly. They don't have a foundation in place. So it limits their growth. So even if they had, you know, you're either going to have somebody who's like, I have too many leads, not enough people, or... I have too many people, not enough leads. That's mm-hmm. always how it is. They can never just grow without stopping. And that's because they don't have the foundations, the SOPs um, in that structure of a home-based, uh, a home service business. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, there's, uh, you know, I, I break it out, but there's all these different things that you have to have in this circle. Yep. And they all feed off of each other. So if one thing over here is messed up, you're not realizing that it's affecting something down here as well. And it might be also affecting this thing over here. So it's, it's, it's really, I would say, most of the time, people are the technicians. Mm-hmm. Instead of, you know, they spend 90% of the time being the technician and the management. But then they don't spend any time being the entrepreneur, which is why most businesses fail. Because you're basically creating a job for yourself.
1: Yeah, so, yeah, so much to keep up with.
2: There's a lot to it, but those are some of the things that I see very often.
1: Well, what I'm trying to do in a roundabout way, Ryan, is give you a way to, to a platform to pitch your services to my my listeners and to educate ah. them as well. So I was just kind of I was just trying to tee you up with some stuff. To be fair. Ah. <laughs> all
2: right. So here's what I sell.
1: Well, uh, yeah, I mean, my, not in know, t- yeah.
2: yeah. I'll tell you what. My what what it all turned into is what's is what's key for me. Like, for instance, I for like the home service-based businesses, I couldn't find, you know, CRMs that, that would do exactly that I, what I needed to do. And that was frustrating. So I built my own.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: once I did that, it allowed me to automate it in such a way that I could step away and allow the checks and balances to be in place. Mm-hmm. So once I built that, then I said, hmm, maybe I can do this for other people. So that's, you know, Kyle Reed, him and I yeah. are mm-hmm. business together with Timberline mm-hmm. and we build those CRMs and automate people's businesses. And then with, um, with, uh, you know, the coaching. So it's like that. And then it turned into the coaching. So what happened was, you know, once I figured out that I can automate this entire process, I was like, well, I'm sure other people would love to hear about this.
3: Yeah. <laughs> so I started
2: teaching them. And then now I don't coach the, the, the cleaning and stuff like that, really. Mm-hmm. Now I actually have an opportunity. So me and uh, Chris Whitehead are now business partners in what's called Iconic Alliance. So we're Oh, wow. Okay. And we bring people through all of these processes, automating your business, mindset, all of this amazing stuff and trying to draw in people who are like-minded like us so that we can gather together. Because one of the biggest issues that I always had in my life was not like, you know why I wasn't as successful as I could have been when I was younger? Because I had nobody around me. You know, my daughter has a a father like me, which is, you know, maybe not the greatest, (laughs) but at the same time, she has somebody that will push her, that will show her that anything is possible. There's nothing you can do. And so we want to bring People into our lives like that, so that their children get that experience, so that when they grow up, this world has people that can make it a better place.
1: Yeah, so it makes a whole bunch of sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, half the battle is learning this stuff, but the other half, and I arguably the most important other half of it is teaching it. Is like, look, this is how we found this to really work, and we can help you uh, overcome those obstacles. Because you know when. When we make a video for a client, what I realized is it wasn't, it wasn't doing the client any good unless they had eyeballs on it. And then I realized that the eyeballs weren't doing any good because they had nowhere for the leads to go. And so I, ca- I came to CRMs by a very different route that you did by fixing my clients' videos and then seeing that they had nothing to do. Um, you know, So it's, uh, it's been a very weird journey. I certainly wasn't expecting to be building (laughs) CRMs for clients, but, like, I'm the small business surgeon, and when you look at where the problems are, it's the same. You find out that, like, these guys have no systems and no organization there. So, like, um, it's kind of why I want to talk to you, like, absolute expert on putting it together.
2: Yeah, man, and it's cool because, like, a lot of the time what I've noticed, there's people out there that come from the outside in, meaning they're like a software company trying to market to, you know service based businesses mm-hmm. yeah where I where 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 I become lethal is that I've been the business
1: you owner. are the service based business guy I you are that, that business owner that's why so it I works I know
2: I know exactly mm-hmm. what you're going through Yep. So that that's why and and that model by the way is so um copy and paste mm-hmm. in almost any type of business
1: Yep, it's just the skill set that varies. So it, yeah. it works for a lawyer, it works for a plumber, it works for a chiropractor, it works for an accountant. It's it's ninety percent is the stuff yep. they're missing, and you yep. know it's it's not actually the the business skill they need. It's the uh, it's knowing what the rest of that ninety percent is on the wheel.
0: So, yeah, dude,
1: man. So, um, what else, man? You reading any good books recently?
2: Um, I'm reading. I mean, nothing that probably. I mean, I, I just got that new uh, David Goggins book. I haven't started it yet. Dude, I
1: haven't got that one yet. I...
2: Yeah, did you read the first one?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And got the audio book and listened to it as well. Yeah. Can I,
2: I... Can I tell <laughs> you, bro? I uh, So I was doing 75 hard during that, and mm-hmm. I'm up in the northeast, uh, New England area. Yeah. And, dude, like, so I'm doing 75 hard, and I'm sitting there one day. And for all those who doesn't know what that is, you have to do, like, a certain amount of stuff every day. Like, no drinking. You got to do two workouts. One's got to be outside. Mm-hmm. Drink a gallon of water, various of other things. And so one day, it was negative eight degrees out. And I'm in my head, and I'm like, man, I do not want to do my outside workout.
1: Yeah, no doubt.
2: And then, and then David Goggins, in my head, goes, quit being a bitch. And I'm like, all right. I said, you know what? Now, because you're being a bitch, here's what you're going to do. You're going to go outside negative eight degrees. You're going to be wearing a tank top and fucking shorts, dude. Mm. And I don't know if it was stupid or whatever, but I did it. I didn't last the full 45 minutes. I lasted about 15 minutes. I came back in. My arms were like this. Couldn't <laughs> extend them. And and I was getting waves of, it was like waves through my, through my body. Mm-hmm. So I had to be wrapped up. And then I put shit on, and I went back out, and I finished my workout. Actually, I had to do the full forty-five minutes again.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah but yeah. I,
2: but then I said, "Oh, you think you're tough? Do it again." So I started doing it. Uh, I did it for about seven days until I was like, "All right, I, I, feel like I've, you know, I feel like I've earned what I was looking for." Um, the other days weren't as cold, but it's still, you know, twenty yeah. degrees outside in a yeah. fucking tank top. So you can call me stupid or whatever, but I wanted to push my body to its limits. I wanted to see if I could do it because I don't like the cold Mm -hmm. at all. I'm not somebody that likes to be out in the cold. So I just want to continue to push myself, push my boundaries, see how much I can take as a human being. Right. And that's with Mm -hmm. business or anything.
1: You know, like the further south you get, the warmer it gets. So if you lived Mm -hmm. further south, you wouldn't get as cold.
2: is that yes i do know that um dude i do know that i'm just fucking with you bro i know trust me dude i think about it all the time i do have a daughter out here um she's 12 now so not too much longer i'll kind of be able to do what i want but Mm -hmm. you know i do want to be oh absolutely
1: yeah yeah i just like i just like giving you a hard time man i don't (laughs) like the snow it snows every year pal (laughs) <laughs>
2: yeah i know i i don't yeah. ever want to i don't ever want to go through a cold winter again like i've had enough 36 times i'm good <laughs>
1: <laughs> well i can't say i blame you i can't say yeah. i blame you but uh yeah, no really. like i did 75 hard and um i got so many benefits out of it I, you know i failed it eight times and the ninth time i, c- I completed it nice, um, dude. that's what's up yeah good well for you bro Twice it was, twice it was injuries, but the majority of the time it was me just going, you know, what fuck it, I don't like doing this. Um, what are some of the things that you drew from doing seventy five hard and completing it successfully? What were some of the lessons you learned with that program?
2: Yeah, man. So what I realized was that it's, it's not about, for me, it wasn't about the doing the same thing every single day. It was about doing the thing when it sucked the most. Right? So when there's a blizzard outside, right. right? People are like, so so it's a life, it's a life, you know, you can take this into and put it and insert it on any portion of your life. But in life, it's never going to be perfect. Whether it's yeah. never going to be just the right. Most of the time it might be, right? So, you know, you you're doing this every day, but the, but maybe one day you catch the flu. And then, for seven days, you have to do that same shit. Most people will just go, "Oh, I'm just gonna relax for seven days." Or you know, one day it's a fucking blizzard out there, and there's mm-hmm. ten feet of snow. And you still got to do what you need to do. That makes you laser. That makes you lethal.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Being able to push through, and that being able to push through something when other people are falling back, or resting—that's uh-huh. what gives you that edge. That's how you get that edge.
1: So do you? F- and did you find that it helped you with your business as well? Then,
2: oh, of course. So actually, before I started doing seventy-five hard, it's funny. I actually created this this whole thing for myself. Um, that's similar, but it's in more detail for your life, with with your identity, with your checklist of things that you're supposed to do every day. Um, notes and checklists for your business, and just various other other things, because I, you know I was like thinking to myself, I'm like, man, I'm like I have all this stuff I want to do every single day. Mm-hmm. You know, even something simple is kiss your wife or tell your wife that you love her or write her a note. Let me write that down. Hold on. Make sure, yeah.
3: Kiss,
1: sure kiss Ryan's wife.
2: <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, black eye maybe too.
1: I, I think um, I think my girlfriend would take care of that. She would c- yeah. kick my
2: ass. <laughs> but uh, anyway, so I created, it's called Get Sheet Done. And I'm actually doing a challenge starting the first. And I've got a ton of people that mm-hmm. are joining this movement. And it's kind of like the next step. Um, you know, I would say, because when I did it, I, I was doing it already. And then somebody was like, hey, try 75 hard. I'm like, I'm already doing that. Right. Besides the gallon of water in the two workouts a day yeah so um so if somebody has done 75 hard this takes you even deeper into it it makes you like uh cyborg super
3: sonic (laughs) human being
1: right
2: it's wild dude i feel like i get more done in a day than most people get done in like a month
1: yeah yeah like
2: it's consistent so
1: I I get that way. You get in the zone. You get time blocked, and that's it. Just just bang shit out, dude. Um, I I have loved actually nothing more than over the last few weeks as I've been starting building out websites for clients. It's just like, it's almost like having blinkers on and the rest of the world doesn't exist. Um, yeah. And I've been rediscovering Ray Wiley Hubbard again, <laughs> just listening to listening to the old blues music while I build websites. It's. Uh...
2: That's funny that you say that, man. Music is my. Like, when I'm in here, like, I had the lights off. I'm like, I'm just going to do it because I work. I don't have these lights on. Mm-hmm. I got my light over there. I got this thing off. But but that's, you know, when you're working in flow, you got to put yourself into that state. Oh, I love it. Like, to me right now, I'm blinded by these lights. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when, I, when I've when i got my music on or, and, and, you know, I got the lights, the nice lights going on, dude, you're right. It's like you, you can really just focus and... And, I, and you get—it's like all of a sudden the day goes by.
1: Yeah, like it's gone. I forgot how much yeah. fun it was actually. Actually, yeah. building stuff. You know, most of the stuff I've done over the last few years has been—I've—I've uh, I've set up staff and trained them and done it. And like, um, you know, my video staff don't understand how to build CRMs. I'm like, oh, it's easy. Let me show you. And they—they they just look at me like,
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. God bless everybody that tries to do it themselves.
1: Well, it's yeah, yeah. I mean god it is um but i mean i started doing it shit i think i built my first one in about 2008 and like again just forgot who i was so uh, this yeah. is a little bit more fun um shit what was i gonna ask you damn i hadn't an- i had another 75 hard related question but i have uh forgot what that was so um let's go back to some business advice um you know the whole point of the show is to talk to to talk to the the guys that are maybe just a few years behind where we're at. So what's some sage advice that you would give to Ryan if he was listening maybe 5 years ago?
2: Um well I think one of the the um I think one of the the coolest things that I heard which was actually like it went viral. Um, was when I uh, can't think of his name. There, guy with the big head that does the NFTs and he's all over the place. With a big head. Uh, it, oh, yeah. Uh, he sold the wine originally. I he don't remember. Wine. I he don't has, remember. Like, a weird. Uh, oh, what the heck? Uh, v. Oh, Gary V. Gary
1: V. Th- that's how you him describe now. him. That's how you describe him? <laughs> yeah. Like fucking bubblehead. Oh my yeah. god. Like there's bro, so many but... other Yeah, alright, yeah, go on.
2: And that's how I see him. Uh but he said to to a lady who asked him that same question, he said, You're gonna die. Mm-hmm. If you that that was his advice. And you can extrapolate like so much out of that. Like when when he said that, my mind went nuts. So definitely that, but I mean if if like it is real advice, but yeah, he's not um, wrong. Shit. He's not, dude. I mean, it, it, when you when you when you start thinking about that, it's like it tells you all of the things, right? Mm-hmm. Don't waste time. Time is of the essence. So, uh, really, I think the biggest thing I would say is this: consistency. Doesn't matter how good you are, if you're consistent, you'll outperform everybody.
1: Amen. Yeah.
2: If 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 you don't know what you're doing. You are not going. You might figure it out. It's gonna take you this long, dude. Mm -hmm. Find somebody who knows what they're talking about. The biggest investment you can make is within yourself. Invest in yourself.
1: A thousand percent, absolutely. So,
2: so if somebody knows something, don't go. Ah, I'm not gonna pay that. I remember the first time I dropped six grand on a coach. I was so terrified. Changed my life. Yeah. Changed my life. Make sure you find the right coach.
1: (laughs) So tell me about that. Tell me about your first coaching experience cuz now I'm intrigued. What happened?
2: Oh, so this lady it was for um, it was for the cleaning and I had talked to her once cuz I mean I had been at the point of like wanting to give up again cuz I was working like 48 hours in a row.
1: So what was going wrong with it?
2: Um originally I just didn't have the foundations and systems in place. Okay. That I needed to have, you know, you can it's what it's what you see everybody doing. Mm-hmm. When they start a business, they're all over the place. They're putting yep. out they're, – all they're doing is putting out fires. They're not being – they're being reactive mm-hmm. versus proactive. So that's where – that's the state that I was in. It was like one after the other just getting whacked in the head. Whack, whack every day. Whack, whack. Oh, you're working 48 hours in a, in a row. Whack, right? Mm-hmm. Somebody's calling out. Whack, you got to go in. Whack. It's just constant stress. Right. And so, you know, I, I finally get, I finally was like, you know what? It's either this or I'm fucking done. Cause I can't deal with this shit anymore. Right. So, um, so anyway, I, I, I got into it and you know, it's funny. Cause I, when I did the course, I literally am like a sponge and I take people so literal that I implement every single little thing. It's like insanity. Mm-hmm. And what I found out after is that most people will buy a course. They'll spend all this money and they won't do anything. Yeah. They
1: never open it. They'll
2: continue to live in hell.
1: It's such a high percentage too. It's way over 80%.
2: I can't understand that. I never understood that.
1: Like I'm always, I'm always hungry for that shit. Hungry for the information. I want it and I want to do stuff with it. You know,
2: it's, it's almost like people that buy a book and put it on the shelf. And never read it it's like they they because they bought it they're satisfied yeah they're like oh I, well i bought the book so i feel good now
1: I, I buy some and sometimes i'll get a couple of chapters into them and i'm like you know what like this isn't this isn't the book i i had assumed it would be as as when i judged it by its cover so i just put it up but no i tend to finish books so
2: yep and and reading <laughs> reading is a huge thing most hmm. people, once they get out of college or high school, they never read again.
1: Dude, there's a huge percentage of people too, isn't it? It's like ninety-something percent never read another book again. Like, do you know the the, the secrets to the knowledge of the entire history of mankind is written down? Like, look yeah. in a book; it's written down. You know, you can't you can't edit history very easily with uh, with you know old books, so as you yeah. can with old websites. Uh, don't want to go there. All right. Um, <laughs> talk to me ryan about 2023 because i know you've got some big things planned for next year both with kyle and with uh with iconic so tell me about your plans for the future buddy what you got coming up
2: um yeah man so really for now um you know we're working on looking at this year next year the the purpose of next year is for me to hit a certain threshold um but we're going to be starting in January doing live events, uh, I believe, monthly.
1: Oh, nice.
2: And so we're going to be inviting people to our stages. We're going to be bringing amazing people to speak. We're going to be gravitating towards true human beings that are you know, basically building our network with the real type of people that we want to have around us. Mm-hmm. So that's super key. So basically building up our network. 2023 uh, our goals have been set and they're fucking big <laughs> and so yeah like, me me and kyle i mean we've got uh unbelievable things happening like the the amount of stuff that we're doing over there is just unreal um he's an amazing human me and my wife with the cleaning business i mean we're the top rated cleaning company in new hampshire now and yeah. we're and we're just she's she's she, she, you know, uh, really t- kind of takes the reins on that now. She does an amazing job. Um, so she's got her goals set for there. Everybody's just crushing it, dude. And, and one thing that I can tell you about 2023, and I believe this with all my heart, mm-hmm. the new currency for 2023 is authenticity. Oh. Mark my words. Dude,
1: that's <laughs> been... That's been my currency for almost the last three years, man. Like, yeah, once I figured that out, oof, things, yeah, things got a lot better. Authenticity will, like, because there's just so much bullshit on the internet. It's so easy to uh, create whatever narrative, whatever reality, whatever you want. It's easy to create it on, on the internet. It's very hard to replicate that in real life. You know, and I I think a lot of people get uh, they they run afoul of that. I think authenticity is, uh, you know, it's right up there as one of the most you know valuable currencies you can possess at this point.
2: Yeah, the world's changing, Mm -hmm. Um, and not that authenticity didn't work, but you know how you know how marketing is, man. It's like Mm -hmm. you know this thing will be exciting and special, and you've got to talk to people this way. Now people are so fed up with being fed bullshit and and whatever and it's planned and it's Mm -hmm. salesy and it's this and that. What they want is they want somebody to look in their eyes and be fucking real with them like a human being. There's so many automations. I I just can't stand it. It's it's be real with me. Talk to me. Like Even when we build our CRMs, it doesn't sound like a machine. Mm -hmm. It sounds like we're talking to somebody. The authenticity is the currency.
1: No, I completely agree. I completely agree, mate. Yeah, it sounds like you've got a a heck of a year ahead of you, man. Well done. It's uh, it's Thanks, good brother. to see. It's good to see what you've done. It's good to uh, good to have been watching you along the journey, man. So, uh, uh, as we wrap up, Ryan, I, I want to thank you for coming and hanging out with me today. Um, but where can the uh, listeners, if if they've enjoyed you, where can they follow you online and uh, find you on uh, Instagram and all that good stuff?
2: Yeah, so if you just look up anything forward slash Ryan the lion vo um you can get me on all my socials um yeah that's that's pretty much it
1: dude that's what we'll do then um and guys thank you so much for hanging out with us for the last hour or so i've uh, i've enjoyed the episode if you enjoyed it too do me a favor run on over to instagram or facebook you can find us at small business surgeon and uh, tag us in a post and uh, leave us a review all right that's going to do it for the show for today ryan i want to thank you again so much for coming on pal
2: Thank you so much for having me. It was a pleasure, brother.
1: All right, guys. Uh, that is Ryan the Lion, V O, on all the socials. Please go check him out and uh, show him some love. And that's going to do it from me for today. I'll see you on this week's Friday Fire. You'll be good. <laughs>
0: This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at TXFoundry.com or on social media at TXFoundry. Thanks for tuning in. This episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast is brought to you by ReEngageMe.com Customer acquisition retargeting made easy. Generate more revenue for your business without taking time away from doing things you actually love.